Gray Matters who is waiting down the hall. Following attacks on six in the U.S. and India, the community pushes for legal action to bring those responsible to justice. And we'll sit down with one of the authors of a report into a deadly drug raid in Honduras. Oh, hello. This is Hunhurdu from Tua. You're listening to WCBN FM and Arbor. Good evening, it's uh, But you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And oh my gosh, the tea is out of the bag. <laughs> we have a tea bagger uh, running for the Senate in Missouri that has made some of the most amazing comments that I can recall of any political candidate. And, of course, massive damage control over this one. I don't know if this... Oh, this ca- is the uh, uh, a woman won't get pregnant yeah. in cases of legitimate rape? Yeah, yeah. Todd Aitken. Whatever legitimate rape means. <laughs> well, this guy is... Uh, he, he appeared on Huckabee's show today, and I, I didn't actually hear the uh, attempt at damage control, but uh, apparently... The one little tidbit that I know about it is that he uh, is now using the, the 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 term forcible rape. But what's fascinating about this whole event, and this is how unexpected events in politics can... Any other kind of rape, of course, in yeah. is, is perfectly le- legitimate. Well, we'll get, give him plenty of brain damages in due course, but uh, one of the fascinating things about po- politics is sometimes unintended events... Uh, crop up at at any moment that just turn into nightmares. And it's interesting that Todd Aitken uh, had sponsored a bill earlier this year with Paul Ryan on the abortion issue uh, entitled the uh, No Taxpayer Funded Abortion Bill. Now, this died in committee because of uh, semantic problems with language. Uh, but this uh, guy... You mean it was aborted in committee? It was aborted. And, of course, what's remarkable about this uh, uh, this event, uh, he was interviewed on television, I believe, one of the St. Louis stations. St. Louis is part of the state of Missouri. And what's remarkable about this uh, these comments is not only are they just remarkably outrageous regarding the issue of rape, but this man doesn't even seem to understand pregnancy. <laughs> well, there's a shocker. He's, he's got... He's never been with a woman. He's got problems all over the, uh, c- the case, and how ironic that last week I was uh, cracking jokes about Arthur Bremer and unsatisfying, unsatisfying hand jobs in the uh, 42nd uh, Street uh, area of New York City. More on Bremer in, in due course, because I rushed through that, and I wanted to... 40 seconds, a good uh, street reference there, too. <laughs> so, yeah, the tea is out of the bag. Now, I don't know if this guy's going to survive this. Uh, he has tomorrow 
until tomorrow, by the way, to withdraw from the Senate race in which the Republican Party can renominate right. somebody for his position. Well, you know, as far as the, the bill that they proposed, <clears throat> he and Ryan, uh, this is something I've been talking about for years, is that there should be a way for uh, individual citizens to direct the flow of their tax dollars. Uh, if, if he doesn't want his tax money uh, being spent on abortions, the, the percentage of U.S. tax dollars that are directed towards abortions, I imagine, is pretty negligible uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but for those of us who don't want to fund drone missiles, yeah, you know, hey, we're all paying for all of that stuff. So. Yeah, how about a no taxpayer funded uh, bills for unwise and unfunded wars yeah there you go uh so i'm all for you know uh the sort of selective direction of of your individual tax dollars but uh he's talking about millionths of cents well and the thing that's remarkable is that his position within the republican party and particularly the right to life is not out of not out of the realm of what they think exactly there is a high percentage of members of the uh so-called right to life, and I say that uh, in quotes, uh, that believe that there should be no uh, exceptions for uh, cases of rape and incest. And indeed, there are a few that even believe that abortion should even be prohibited in cases to save the life of the mother. Now, it's interesting that uh, back in the 1980s, there was a senator from New Hampshire named Gordon Humphrey, who eventually uh, retired from the Senate. He had served in the Senate, I think, quite some time, 18 years perhaps. Might have even been governor of the state briefly. But he had reached a position on abortion for the record in which he accepted this position of no exceptions for cases of rape and incest. As he put it, if you're going to start out from the assumption that life begins at conception, which is the position that Paul Ryan has, by the way, He's way out of the mainstream on this, and this is now going to be a big issue in the in the uh, in the debate. Now, obviously, the chit chat today and all of the all of the talking uh, heads and uh, chattering class in Washington and and Congress are t- are on the issue of the rape question, but abortion is at the end of the day terminating an unwanted pregnancy. That's what it is, medically. Mm-hmm. And the right to life has got all of these semantic positions regarding the definition of pregnancy, the idea that life begins at conception, that muddle up things. Abortion is not murder. It is the termination of a pregnancy. And, of course, the medical definition of a pregnancy is not, quote-unquote, life beginning at conception, but uh, implantation is necessary into, into the uterus. Uh, Todd Aitken needs to go back to sixth grade, maybe take some health classes again. But the idea that women sort of secrete something to prevent a pregnancy in cases of legitimate rape, that he's now calling forcible rape, whatever, these are just semantic uh, strategic uh, suicides, to say the least. And I don't see how this isn't going to become a major campaign issue. Um, Mitt Romney, of course, has changed his position on abortion. Um, You will recall when he ran for president in 2008, there were uh, dozens of ads um, 
highlighting Mitt Romney's pro-choice position, Indeed. which he once had. There are, of course, also extensive... I am devoted and dedicated to honoring my word in, in this regard, was what he said. Ah, okay. In protecting a woman's right to choose. Well, he's a flip-flopper. I guess with Todd Akins, we'll just call him a flopper, because he's... <laughs> he's flop-flipper. He's, he's flopped perhaps out of the uh, Missouri Senate race, but it will be fascinating to see if he can withstand the... Uh, the full court press that's being uh, urged behind the scenes. Trust me on this. Uh, this guy, sh I'll be amazed if he doesn't quit the race tomorrow, even though he's asserted that he won't. Um, but this is going to cause all kinds of problems within the Republican Party. And it might be a nice, instead of having a, a silly uh, discussion about um, <clears throat> Todd Aiken's uh, consultations with doctors, because he actually cited doctors and coming up with this uh, secretion theory, which is another very strange. Yeah, some online doctor, no doubt. <laughs> doctor a, questionable. A vitch doctor. <laughs> vitch doctor, is it? Yeah. Um, for the record, by the way, and not to be uh, flippant about things, there are in America... According to uh, experts on the subject, 30,000 abortions that uh, are uh, performed each year as the result of rape. That's a seriously high number and underscores the entire war on women that the Republican Party has been engaged Always in. Always baffling to me. the entire Indeed. presidential race. Uh, well, and for decades now, too. Uh, but it's always baffling to me how uh, the uh, friends of the fetus are uh, all up in arms about the, the rights of the zygote, mm -hmm. uh, but there's never any outrage on behalf of women who suffer this kind of violent abuse. Uh, you know, where's their concern for that life? And it isn't there. I hate to bring up another... Uh, sort of double entendre plan b <laughs> the missouri republican party is uh, discussing plan b right now but plan b is not the morning after pill uh that can be bought in pharmacies uh the right to life is by the way opposed plan b the so-called morning after pill because they call it an abortificant which it is not um well, the Missouri Republican Party is discussing Plan B right now regarding Mr. Aiken, because, as I say, I'll be amazed if he survives this uh, full-court press. And it, when elected Republicans are calling him to resign from the uh, yeah. race, uh, his days are numbered. But, of course, what's interesting about the Republican candidates elected officials that have called him to quit the race they're either pro-choice very few of them or they're women and therein lies this is not a gaffe this is a uh, a crisis even for mitt romney because paul ryan well, it's part of their platform yeah and and their conventions coming up yep. and facts are facts paul ryan co-sponsored a bill with this uh genius Dude, uh, quit drinking the low and brow. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say about this guy, but uh, it just underscores the danger and the, the, the fact that we've been talking, I think, throughout the campaign about, yeah, Obama's got some problems 
with certain constituencies in the electorate. His approval numbers are fairly flat. His disapproval numbers numbers go up and down a little bit. But uh, Mitt Romney's unfavorables keep rising. And, uh, you know, I, I I, I just think that this gets away from the message that they were trying to convey, this sort of muddled discussion about Medicare, which we can talk more about next week. On the eve of the Republican, uh, is that next week or this week? I think it's. I thought it was next week. Okay, uh, I thought the, it was the actual convention. Yeah. Um, but uh, this man's got some serious, uh, serious learning to do. I, I don't know what else to say. He gets a brain damage award, and I don't think some of these distinctions um, should be glossed over quite as easily. Obviously, his comments about rape are. I mean, they're just mind-boggling. <laughs> um, but uh, it's generous to call them ignorant. Yeah, he 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 even gets the pregnancy thing kind of kind of muddled in the in the realm of trying to be a purist on the abortion issue, and that's what's frightening. That's what's frightening. There are polls show that there are about ten to fifteen percent of Americans that oppose abortions in all cases, and uh, well, he's one of that group. And he's unfortunately in the mainstream of the Republican Party, if not the outright majority of the Republican Party. And that is frightening. Well, as for the issue of life beginning at conception, just for the record, that is actually a uh, issue that uh, Harry Blackman took up in the Roe versus Wade mm-hmm. uh, decision, the written decision on Roe v. Wade, which I highly recommend people to go back and read, in which you get a sense of the constitutional privacy issues, the uh, case law that was based, that was used to come up with the decision. The decision was decided seven to two for the record. It's a prime example of uh, mature, reasoned jurisprudence. Yeah. You know, the the, the written uh, report there. And he basically says on the issue of life beginning at conception, he said, well, that is an issue not for the court to decide. That's for as he puts it, philosophers, theologians, and medical doctors to decide. It's speculative. But, uh, that's, that's why he said that. The Republican Party wants the government to decide. Well, they have certainty. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you know they're against the government deciding, uh, oh, I don't want government intrusion and this or that. But, of course, that's the uh, another one of their uh, hypocritical maneuvers yeah. on the uh, government off our backs. Uh, never really quite follow through on their own uh, dictum there i suppose uh you talked a great deal uh, or a good deal anyway last week about uh paul ryan's selection um i of course was out of town uh his disapproval numbers are very interesting to look at too and i i think there's going to be a cost to romney for selecting paul ryan uh as well as a perceived gain by throwing a, a tidbit to the uh, teabag contingent but uh, I sincerely hope that between now and uh, November, there is some widespread scrutiny in the mainstream media uh, into the Ayn Rand phenomena. Yeah. Uh, amongst the so-called uh, intellectuals of the Republican Party. Which is fascinating because he, on that particular issue, has already flip-flopped. Oh, he's distancing himself from it now, yeah. Well, he started to distance himself once he discovered that she was an atheist. Oops. Um 
I don't know whether they brought up whether or not she was a Russian. I think certainly her uh, her but, core message is anti-Christian. Yeah. At the very least. I mean, that's just the most simple uh, you know, critique I would offer at this point. We'll go into a more nuanced critique of Van Rand later. But uh just on on the face, uh it is an anti-Christian uh message. Yeah. Solipsistic and uh selfish. It's selfish, and the thing that I always, in friendly debates that I have with people regarding Ayn Rand, because she's sort of re regarded it as sort of a, a patron saint of uh, sort of libertarianism, mm -hmm. and uh, the essence or the sort of supremacy of the in individual, I even praised The Fountainhead as an outstanding movie. I think it is an outstanding movie if you get a chance to see that, starring Gary Cooper. Patricia Neal. Patricia Neal in one of her first roles. Um, and uh, Lou Massey is in it as well. Uh, I, th I think the architect's name is Howard Rourke. There's something strange about the movie, though, coming out shortly after, and, and I believe the novel as well, shortly after World War II, because one of Hitler's right-hand men was Albert Speer, mm. who ended up serving 20 years in prison uh, in... Uh, Spandau, yeah, not spandex. I think him and Rudolf Hess, who bore a striking resemblance to H.W. Bush, as Harwolf <laughs> liked to point out. <laughs> That's true. Um, when I want to uh, quote my sources here, when I want to refer to the actual sources for some of this uh, inside information about the connections between H.W. Bush and Rudolf Hess. Rudolph Hess, of course, parachuted into Scotland with a secret plan at one point to... Right, uh, to uh, get Britain out of the war. Get Britain out of the war. And uh, they determined that he was uh, in need of a few sandwiches. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was actually tried at uh, the Nuremberg trials. But it's interesting how Albert Speer had this almost Howard Rourke-like uh, philosophy about things himself. And the United States, as a constitutional system, does put uh, the supremacy of the individual in very high esteem. It holds it in very high esteem. That's one of the concepts of the Bill of Rights. Indeed. But uh, government, and this is another area where I would critique Paul Ryan in the early stages of his presentation. It's good to see that he's out there campaigning with mom. I think that's kind of a subtle dig at the Democratic Party. Barack Obama's mother, of course, has passed away, and I believe Biden's has as well, because he's... Uh, he's an older gentleman. Get, he's an older gentleman. Um, but I, I, I found that kind of strange that he would be out campaigning with mom in Florida uh, while he's trying to sell uh, the Medicare. Uh, well, she's old. Florida's got a lot of old people. They'll like that. Well, she lives there part-time I guess she spends half the year in Florida so she's a she's a, probably a resident that votes twice probably votes once in Wisconsin once in Florida yeah. by the way that's the uh, the voter fraud that they actually need to, f to focus on uh, not this uh, idea that voter people, ID yeah voter ID which is actually unfortunately at the end of the day maybe going to determine the election if uh, uh, the Republicans can suppress enough voters repress suppress the vote enough sufficiently in enough states that it, it might work. But one of the other troubling things that Paul Ryan is already making as part of his stump speech is this very strange phrase, and I don't have it in front of me exactly, but he says that government doesn't give 
you writes, God and nature do. And I thought to myself, no, that's not quite right. Uh, rights are created by man. That's the concept of Western civilization and the Enlightenment. Rousseau, uh, John Locke, government does give us rights. That's what constitutions are. They're tacit agreements between the people, the general will. That's what government is. Places that don't have government, like Somalia, Yemen, Afghanistan, or dysfunctional government, or very, very weak government, are places, apparently, where God and nature give people rights. So I, f I find that even construction by Paul Ryan in the early phases of his stump speech. Yeah, he's young. He's But this idea that he's got ideas, I'm like, what ideas? They're basically regurgitated ideas from Barry Goldwater and Ronald Reagan. Right. Ronald Reagan famously said, I don't want to overturn the New Deal. I want to overturn the Great Society. That's what they're after here. Yep. And we do need to have a legitimate debate about Medicare. But the problem is there isn't going to be a legitimate debate about Medicare. When Paul Ryan dutifully goes to Las Vegas to meet the financer, the uh, gambling patron of Newt Gingrich. Former Newt Gingrich patron, right. He backed a winner. He's a hell of a gambler. $20 million on the Newtster. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> Where is Newt these days, anyway? Is he going to be at the convention? They're keeping George W. Bush hidden. Condoleezza Rice might uh, get a speaking appearance at the convention. Let's give her a brain damage award, just for the record. She accepted a membership at Augusta today. She's perfect. She's, she's just the perfect icon to, uh, you know, sweep all those uh, uh, problems under the rug. It's incredible. You know, she's African-American and a woman. Ridiculous. I, I, I wonder if she knows anything about the history of Augusta. This is the Masters uh, Golf Club. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, akin to Mother Teresa showing up and accepting a charity donation from uh, the Duvalier family in Haiti. You know, oh, they're good works. You know, thanks. Yeah. It's all swept away, all the... Oppression. And I didn't see Obama's press conference today. I heard a clip or two, but it's fascinating that this uh, Mitt Romney problem with the tax, uh, the tax situation doesn't seem to go away. Well, nor will it. I mean, nor as long it. as he's going to say, well, you know, we, we don't need to show anything else. Okay. His revelations, by the way, through the government of office and ethics indicate that he has assets between, and get this, 83 million to 255 million. That's kind of a big range. <laughs> I don't know how you can what have... What kind of bookkeeping system is that that has such a loose calibration? I mean... That's what I'm see, wondering about. You know, yeah. a couple thousand, maybe even a million, but yeah, sounds it, pretty shaky. It, it's remarkable because this, this report is from the uh, New York Times dated the 12th of June... Uh, 2012, and I would argue this is when Romney began having lots of problems with this, that and Bain Capital. It's interesting to note last week in my uh, discussion of of, uh, of uh, E. Howard Hunt and uh, Arthur Bremer and the Wallace Diary, uh, Gore Vidal doesn't go into the uh, problems that Richard Nixon had with his taxes, but um, 
It turned out that this was one of the major reasons he actually was impeached. Reading here from uh, the 11th of April, Christian Science Monitor magazine section. Um, and, of course, Nixon had to resign in 74. But uh, he himself, and I'm quoting here from uh, Peter Greyer, he himself, talking about Nixon, steered attention to his taxes by boasting at a September press conference that he'd been audited by the IRS and found clean. Reporters started digging, and to make a long story short, he had paid Uncle Sam less than $6,000 on aggregate income of $790,000 from 1970 through 1972. This little brief report, by the way, doesn't go into Nixon's San Clemente thing. Or the Key Biscayne spending. Yeah, and that sort of thing. But it's interesting that Nixon had taken big deductions for donating his vice presidential papers to charity. <laughs> Fascinating papers, I'm sure. And for <clears throat> interest on mortgage for his San Clemente home, among other things. Of course, the taxpayers <laughs> paid for the San Clemente Indeed. home. Another thing I don't want my taxes to pay for. <laughs> Nixon's taxes were an issue that average citizens could readily under, uh, understood uh, compared to the constitutional issues raised by the Watergate investigation, concluded University of Alabama tax professor William Sampson in a 2005 uh, issue analyzing his returns. Upon further consideration, the IRS decided that Nixon owed $465,000 in back, back taxes, which he paid. This penalty cut Nixon's personal wealth in half. Hence the effort to rebuild my reputation. Well, of course, that he made big money off of the David Frost yeah. interviews yeah, yeah. and the publication of his first book post uh, resignation, but as we've talked about before in this 40th anniversary of the uh, Watergate break-ins, one of the primary reasons that he shifted so heavily to recording was that electronic recordings were exempt from the. In other words, there was potential future profit uh, for him in his twisted mind. Yeah, Tip O'Neill made that point. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Remarkable that uh, any uh, president's uh, documents. Uh, Archives records uh, just go into this historical setting, but recordings were different. Now, this Christian Science Monitor, uh, uh, the edition that I picked up, and I picked it up randomly at the public library because it was in the free magazine rack, featured tax uh, tax issues in this particular edition. This is why this is this was in there. There were some other interesting articles. But uh, Greyer writes, after Nixon's resignation, President Gerald Ford faced the task of restoring citizens' faith in government. The U.S. tax system is largely voluntary, after all. Few taxpayers are audited. If voters think the person at the top is cheating, they will too. So in April 1976, at the start of his own re-election campaign, Mr. Ford publicly released his 1975 return. He had paid $94,569 in taxes on an income of $204,000 and $606. Fascinating tax rate there. Not quite Mitt Romney's. Mitt Romney admitted last week that he's paid at least 13%. 
Bully for him. After he was elected president, Jimmy Carter followed suit, and so has every president since, as well as numerous vice presidents and other top politicians. Who wants the exemption? Mitt Romney. We like to call him Dim Mitley down here. Dim Mitley. Well, here's an interesting blurb from Jeremy Peters' uh, front page article in today's Times. Careful effort seeks to reveal the real Romney, or a real Romney, as the headline says. And I love this paragraph. The campaign aides are determined to, and of course the convention is next week. Uh, the campaign aides are determined to overcome perceptions that Mr. Romney is stiff, aloof, and distant. So they have built one of the most intricate set pieces ever designed for a convention, a $2.5 million Frank Lloyd Wright-inspired theatrical stage. From its dark wood finish to the brightly glowing high-resolution screens and the rafters that look like skylights, every aspect of the stage has been designed to convey warmth, approachability, and openness. Well, I don't know, but if it, se it seems to me that if you've got to spend $2.5 million dollars to attempt to overcome perceptions yeah. that the guy is stiff, aloof, and distant. You know, all the tea in China is not going to make this guy unstiff, uh, you know, right. comfortable, and approachable. Uh, he's he's friendly, he's cheerful, sure, okay. But uh, this, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah, it's going to be classic uh, Republican stage managing. They're very good, by the way, at lighting. They're, they're masters of lighting. They covered up. Music selections, though, watch out for, because I remember uh, when George H.W. Bush uh, was running for president, the uh, big song at the convention was It Was the Best of Times from La Cage Fall. Oh, really? <laughs> the famous gay musical. <laughs> and so, of course, obviously, somebody said, oh, uh, it's the best of times. That's a perfect song. Right. Without realizing the context of that uh, particular piece. Of course, here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, it's always the best of times. Always the best of times. I did want to get to these Gord Vidal references, but I guess I'll have to wait because when you read somebody as profound as Vidal and the satire, the, the references come fast and furious. And I wanted to fill some people in on who was Dita Beard and call me mother and all that that stuff. Those, <laughs> those references, of course, are very amusing to the uh, to somebody uh, as old and literary oriented as I am, as well as satire oriented right. as oh, I am. But uh, it, it'd be very interesting to be a fly on the wall tonight in the uh, Romney uh, Paul Ryan camp, uh, in which I'm sure all of the discussions are about this. Uh, Mr. Aiken. Yep. So we give him a brain damage award. Uh, the ghost of Gordon Humphrey has reared its ugly head on the GOP. Um, oh, well. The fanciest stage in the world isn't going to make it go away. Perhaps some lighting and other things can <laughs> deal with uh, Mitt Romney's stiffness. And now the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Indeed. Well, now uh, Yazoo City Calling coming up next right here on this fine station. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. Jerry Mack up next with Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.